0: Next installment of the SUS News podcast series where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications that are relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan. Uh, this is usually where we would say hello and welcome to our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. But uh, Gene is probably a part of a news story this week as he's been called off for another search and uh, he's out there looking for a missing person as we speak. And uh we wish him uh, the best of luck on that uh I always uh you know it's kind of funny. I always think of gene as uh he's a resident expert in search and rescue, and if I was lost, I'd want him out there looking for me so whoever it is is kind of maybe unlucky that they're lost, but lucky that gene's looking for him anyway uh today we are going to talk about the drone prize two thousand and fourteen with Jonathan. Evans, and we're going to bring him on. Hello, Jonathan.
1: Oh, Hello, Patrick. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, no problem. It's kind of last minute, and we are doing two podcasts this week, but uh, I think this is important, and uh, I will be uh, I will be having fun at NASA next week, so we will not be able to have one during our regular scheduling time. So I thought it was important enough that we bring you on now and kind of talk about the Drone Prize 2014. But before we get into that, uh, do you think it would be possible for you to introduce yourself to the audience, give us a bio, and then, you know, put a bow on it with how you got involved with Unmanned Aircraft Systems, please?
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, well... Like you said, my name is Jonathan Evans. Um, I actually got into aviation early. I was 19 years old when I got my private pilot license. I was uh, enlisted in the Army at the time, and then I was lucky enough to get accepted to Warrant Officer Flight School. Um, I ended up flying UH UH-60 Black Hawk for about seven years in the Army as a warrant officer. Um, And then I got out, and I've been flying civilian helicopters for about the last seven years, uh, mainly life flight, some utility work in Alaska. Uh, and I used my GI Bill to get my um, my uh, multi-engine airplane ATP. So for those of you who speak FAA, that's uh, another license, uh, the Airline <laughs> Transport Pilot License. <laughs> um, and I'm also a, a CFI in both helicopters and airplanes. Um, hmm. I arrived to the unmanned part, because, uh, yeah, obviously that's the nine-year, oh, I guess 17-year career flying as a man in the cockpit, I guess. Uh, but I was, you know, um, I'm very entrepreneurial. This is uh, I'm actually the CEO and a co-founder of a third startup company I've been involved with um, it's called Rising Tide Innovations. We're a uh, software firm based out of Portland, Portland, Oregon. Um, we are uh, angel-backed tech startup right now, and uh, you can reach us at RTI.io or follow us at at Aerial Data uh, at Aerial Data on Twitter um, if you want to know more about the company. We're basically working on um, taking all of that uh, professional aviation knowledge and coding it into a compliance platform for the emerging market of of uh, commercial drone operators, commercial UAS operators, um, and so that's that's really what brought me into the unmanned space was being able to see that um, I could I could help shepherd in these regulations with my background um, and just being a total geek and fascinated by the technology. Um, it seemed like the right place. To go with my next startup, and you know, really, I see it. I see the UAS network as a you know a physical extension of the internet. Really, um, it's uh, it's the the information networks reaching out into the real world and and discovering um, more information about it, improving the quality of that information. And so that was really fascinating to me. Um, actually, it was reading uh, Chris Anderson's article in Wired that I think um, uh, brought me uh, directly into. As, as an entrepreneur, and then it was great to meet him at, at the SUSB Expo last year.
0: Yeah, he's uh he's definitely a interesting fellow. Um, well, you covered a lot of territory, and I think that you know a lot of it is relevant. I didn't know that you were CFI too, but uh, you know that's a good thing. And I wish uh, uh, you know a lot of uh, let's say manned aviation uh, people have kind of exited this. Um, let's say, ecosystem because they didn't want to get hammered or they could go and actually make a living um, in the manned world while we tried to sort out the mess that is the regulations for unmanned aircraft systems. So I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad that you're inputting uh, on that. I, I wish we had more people, but uh, it just seems that uh, a lot of the aviation people extricated themselves because they don't want to get hammered by the FAA. And well, I, know, I mean, it's, it's
1: it's it is arduous. It's it's difficult, and not not having the regulations in place yet, I think that ambiguity is, is discomforting for people, especially if you spend your whole career understanding the rules of the road quite well, <laughs> and, and conforming to them. Coming to this space where where there aren't any real ro- rules of the road written yet, um, I think could be daunting to, to a lot of the folks from the the man system side.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and, and even the unmanned people. I mean, you know, I've been here so long. I was I was here when it was legal, you know, <laughs> and, uh, to go through this and go, hmm, okay. Uh, so, you know, that's but it's good that, that more people like you are uh, sticking it out and staying in here and, you know, being a part of it and bringing your voice to it. Because, uh, I mean, you know, I think we had this conversation offline before. It's like, you know, you've flown the Black Hawk and I forget how much... That helicopter weighs, but I know twenty-two thousand
1: five hundred pounds, I believe. Still, if I still remember,
0: yeah. Okay, so it's twenty-two thousand four hundred and you know ninety-six yeah. pounds heavier than the small UAS. But right. you can't handle right. that. You know, you just you're just not qualified. Or whatever. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's kind of, a, to me, it's like, wait a minute. You know, I really think, i got to be honest, and this would probably uh, piss a lot of technology people off, but really my thing is is that there should be no reason that people that have a uh, private pilot's license or the um, even a commercial carrier license shouldn't be able to fly line of sight uh,
1: mm-hmm. last week,
0: you know. hmm Mm-hmm. All of the all yeah. of the things that uh, they talk about, you know how to do. You've you've probably in your career flying the helicopter. Have you ever deconflicted airspace that you were flying through, or do you fly with uh, the horse blinders on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we we all know that the the gold standard right now for flying VFR is to see and avoid things, and that's why the medical exam requires you to have um you know good enough eyesight to be able to do that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we deconflict airspace all the time. You remember when um. You remember when the AT- ATC thing last year during the government shutdown, uh, they were all worried that they were gonna, there were going to be all these Class D airports, basically, in the more rural areas of America that weren't going to have towers anymore um, right, because they weren't going to be But uh, I remember sort of chuckling amongst other professional pilots um, that the, the, the narrative that got adopted in the press was kind of funny, like how are, how are these airports going to be safe if there's nobody in the tower telling the pilot how to land? Um, and you know, to, to any to any pilot that's, that's uh, flown anywhere, you know, just happens to be a, another airport without a tower that you just have to talk to the other pilots in the area, as you say, he conflict the airspace because you're a professional and you're licensed to do so, and you've been taught the rules of the road, and and so you apply to the rules of the road, and, and we've been doing it safely for boy, gosh, I guess the uh, I almost like over over a hundred years now, right? So yeah, <laughs> I, I think we that. can apply apply the same things to to unmanned uh, I systems.
0: And when you were flying for the Army, uh, you, I take it, you were you in the beach and the mountains or just at the beach, or where were you did you get deployed? <laughs>
1: yeah, I spent uh, I, six months in in Kosovo. I, I don't know if um, I don't know how many people refer to being in the army as being at the beach, but <laughs> that's why I'm, that's why I'm chuckling, but I, no, yeah, I spent six months in Kosovo was my only uh, real deployment okay. um, as a Medevac pilot there. And, of course, you have to deconflict airspace there in a totally different kind of way. It includes threat assessments. Uh, but it's the same, you know, it's interesting. It's the same regulatory principle about, you know, I think the word deconfliction is, is exactly what, you know, the FAA, Transport Canada, CAA, CASA, all of them are ultimately just trying to do right now. And the way they do it in the manned system is they trust the licensed pilot to, to be able to do that. And I'm sure that will come We'll come to a, an agreement for the unmanned operators. That, that'll be very soon.
0: All right. Well, you yeah, know, just a, little, a couple of parallels to, uh, you know, what you've been doing with larger aircraft and whatever else. But anyway, I don't want to get too mired down on that. I want to talk about some of the good stuff that you're doing and the reason that you're really on the show. Um, and you touched on it. We we first met at um, the unmanned uh, Small Unmanned Systems Business Expo in San Francisco. And, uh, you know, you touched a little bit on your, your company, and I do. I, I make a little joke about how if you want to get any venture funding capital uh, out of Silicon Valley, that whatever your, you know, product or invention is has to work on an iPad. hmm
1: hmm
0: <laughs> And uh, your product <laughs> just so happens to work on an iPad, does it not?
1: It does. It does. It's <laughs> beautiful. I, I'd love to show you the latest version again, Patrick. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you
0: will. Yeah, uh, I mean- you you're going to get your chance because uh, you are uh, on the, the docket to be a speaker at uh, the Small Unmanned Systems Business Expo 2014 coming up here in May. And uh, I'm looking forward to hear, you know, it, it'll be a little less than a year, but I'm looking forward to hearing about uh, where you guys have been and and uh, what you've been doing. And I know that you're out there, um, you know, spreading the good word about this. And, and so this kind of today's thing is a little bit of an offshoot about that. Um, and if there's a little bit of time at the end, maybe we could talk about that product. But let's let's talk about uh, the show today, and uh, you know, which is about the Drone Prize at 2014. Mm-hmm. And and I was I was hoping that um, you could tell us about the Drone Prize concept.
1: Sure. Um, well, yeah. Again, thanks for having us on here. We just just had our official launch party yesterday for this. Um, this is a project of AUVSI which is, um, as you know, Patrick, the national organization. You're the, you're the president of for the Silicon Valley chapter. Um, I'm on the board of the Cascade chapter, and I approached uh, our president, Eric uh, just, you know, with this idea of, of doing, a, doing a national contest to connect drone enthusiasts with the public good. Um, mm-hmm. And Eric has been a real champion of it and, and empowered me to stand up a, a team that's just excellent um, to, to put together, I think... A really, a really beautiful thing for, the, again, the higher arc narrative of this technology. Um, so we are, like I said, we're running this out of AUVSI Cascades for AUVSI National. Uh, it's a national concept uh, contest. And what we're doing, you can go to DronePrize.com and you can also follow us at at DronePrize. And uh, the hashtag SiliconSky is what we're using as well. So if, you, if you're... Uh, a Twitterverse kind of person. You can find all kinds of, of pings and points on, on, on the drone prize uh, using a hashtag Silicon Sky and at drone prize. Um, but the the basic concept, like I said, is to connect drone enthusiasts out there with uh, the public good. And I can tell you the inception of this came when um, my, my young company at the time um, was approaching uh, – we, we approached – The fire department, I was flying a out at the time um, and said, hey, you know, there's this this COA process, uh, there's this public entity process uh, that's available to you if you're interested in the technology. And really, it was sort of a friendly thing. I'm starting a drone business. Would you guys be interested in this? And it it really evolved to be um, much more um, as I was able to get the chief of the department involved and uh, on board. And he really saw the promise of the technology. So what we decided to do, uh, and a lot of your listeners will appreciate, I think, the sort of threading the needle of, of the regs here a bit, um, is that because we were a commercial entity, basically we were offering COA consulting to our fire department. Um, technically, I believe, and you can back me up here, Patrick, or not, we'll see. I, I, the, the FAA's interpretation is that if I was to do a demonstration then to the fire department of anything a DJI Phantom, that that would be for a commercial purpose. Because it would be in support of our consulting company, uh, and, and and so we what we did solve that was we invited some very clearly delineated drone enthusiasts um, that are the Roswell Flight Test Crew that I'm sure a lot of your audience will will know as well. Um, they're worth looking up if you don't. The Roswell Flight Test Crew are uh, what I call technological evangelicals. Um, they really they really are. They are in it for the love of the sport, and they they love this technology, and they're they're trying to spread the good word. And they are clearly obvious, you know, they're uh, darlings of the AMA, and um, and really just rock stars in the whole RC world. Um, and so we invited them to come do a demonstration with one of their home built uh, drones that happen to have a, um, a a FLIR sensor on it because uh, because of their their YouTube channel, basically FLIR, they gave them a uh, a, small, uh, a small thermal camera for the drone, which was perfect for us to, to go and do a demonstration for the fire department. Um, so what we ended up doing was we did three scenarios where um, we did a hasty river search and we used the thermal camera there. Then we did a um, hazmat scene in a rail yard where we were able to fly, fly the robot downrange and just literally read the, the serial number off of a, a train car that can give the incident commander immediate situational awareness about what to do with the community. For example, if you know, you fly the thing down there within two minutes, you could know that this rail car that just derailed is actually leaking chlorine with the, back the community compared to um, what it used to take, which would be putting multiple guys in hazmat suits, sending them down range and, and putting them, exposing them um, to whatever's down there and then bringing back that answer. And they, they say that whole, that whole process would have taken them upwards of an hour, um, and so you know when they when they when they were able to see what um, the UAS was able to do for them, in just those two scenarios, they they said, "Boy, you know, firefighting is never never going to be the same again. This is this is a tool that's going to completely empower um, the fire service to help save lives and, and and protect the, uh, the fellow firefighters." Um, and the last scenario we did with them was a, a live burn building exercise. So I, when I met the FAA, um, actually at the, the AUVSI National Conference, and I told them about I talked to them about this. They said, they told me, Steve Kansky told me, uh, that, that that's, that's really the only way that you could do it with the regulation right? Is that you invite, you invite a drone hobbyist or a UAS hobbyist or enthusiast to, uh, basically you have to ask yourself, why is the flight initiated, right? If they're doing it for pleasure and recreation, and they're following all good FAA guidance from basically now the AMA's, Rules um, with that MOU, I think. I think that that's pretty much, you know, the the rules you should be operating under under uh, recreational standards. Uh, is that if they're, they're doing that and they're doing it for pleasure, then that's completely legal in the United States right now. And so, Drone Prize is basically taking that exercise that we did um, with the fire department here in Oregon, and amplifying it, projecting it to a national audience, and really trying to inspire creativity out there in the enthusiasts. Uh, which we all know is a, a huge swelling network of, of enthusiasts out there that have a lot of creativity and innovation. So we've asked them quite broadly to employ the Aero perspective and the public good. Basically, take your drone out and go find somebody to help in your community. Do, do it with a civic-minded purpose, and then upload uh, a video showing a successful mission, and we are going to be having multiple multiple avenues of, of, of uh of being able to market and and, uh, and sort of tell your own story as an entrant, um, mm. you'll you'll have you'll have the ability to, to produce your own content, basically, and share it across your own channel as well. Um, and then there'll be a voting system, and we will have uh, we'll, we'll select our, our finalists. We're going to select three finalists after SUSP Expo and the AUVSI um, National uh, Conference in Orlando. So basically, by the beginning of June, we'll we'll the, uh, the three finalists, and we'll fly them out here to Portland, um, and we're going to do uh, a very similar thing to what we did in that demonstration I described uh, just now. Where we're going to we're going to run the, our three finalists through um, scenarios, uh, in, in training scenarios with with actual first responders here in the region. And uh, hmm. we're hoping we haven't we haven't got the um, exact locations nailed down yet, but uh, we should be basically at another fire training facility for at least one of the events. And we also want to highlight the uh, FAA designation of the, the test site here in Oregon. Um, and so we'll probably do a wildland exercise out at the Warm Springs test range that is just designated by the FAA. So it's very exciting. Uh, we've just launched, like I said, germfries.com. Everybody should go check out our intro video. It's produced by these guys in Portland Visual Aid that do just beautiful work. Um, mm. And they're they're production sponsors. It's also sponsored by ATI, Aerial Technology International. They're the grand prize sponsors. They're out here in, in uh, Clackamas, Oregon, and um, and they're actually putting up a, a heavy lift uh, multi rotor camera platform valued around ten thousand dollars at the grand prize. Mm. So we are also looking to solicit uh, additional partners and uh, and sponsors. So if anybody out there in the audience right now, you know, go to the website if you. Are a business entity, are you, uh, or you're a nonprofit entity? Anybody that thinks that you have something to add to this this project, where we'd like to invite you as a sponsor or a partner, to uh, you know tell us how, how you can participate.
0: Well, I mean, I have I did get to see the uh, video last night that you did, in it are uh, the um, production quality is great. The idea is really good. Um, I like the idea that uh, you know you're trying to. Um, give people a view of what, what you can do with this technology and I, and really I think it's uh, it's high time that uh, we as a community step out and, and show people this because uh, I think more and more uh, I know even myself when I talk to people who are let's say um, you know apprehensive about drones, um, as soon as you start kind of talking about some of the things that you're talking about, uh, that apprehension starts to evaporate yeah say,
1: absolutely i mean you tell them you tell them that you tell them that we just did an exercise with firefighters to help find a drowning victim in a in a river, and all of a sudden people are completely evacuated of their concerns right they're they, it's almost immediate they they say, Oh, that's a great idea I'd like to give firefighters the best tools possible
0: right and and the thing is is that they're so let's say i mean I almost call it there's like a, a droneism. Uh, and they're so uneducated about what a drone is and, and what they can do and all the rest of that that uh, you know they have, they have no idea. So you know, I'm, a lot of the time I'll be like, okay, well, let's see, you know, show of hands who you know who doesn't want to feed a hungry world. You know, yeah. No right. hands shoot yep. up. Uh, You know who doesn't yep. want to find lost children? Oh, you know, hey, there we go. So uh, it, it is well, kind know, of common. Go ahead. It's
1: sorry. So. You know, the this endless debate over over the lexicon. About what we're supposed to call these things. If I could have a winner at the end of it, of course, press and public give us drones. So we we're we're trying to inspire a new imagination, I think, in the public mind for what that word means, which is obviously mm-hmm. what drone prize is about. But boy, if it could all shake out, I would choose to have a, a term like benevolent little aerial robot, or right. uh, you know something, you know, or AR maybe aerial robot, uh, or I don't just know. a they're, they're,
0: yeah, just uh, some sort of, you know, aerial platform or whatever. I know what you're saying. Uh, the drone thing, though, I mean, you know, it, and, and we did discuss this offline, and really that that's what the president calls him of the, of the United States of America. You know, uh, we lost that battle. So I agree with you. It's time to say, okay, well, you know, you get the old Jack of Diamonds is a hard card to play. You know, you, oh, yeah. you get it, yeah. you play it. So that's what we got dealt, and now it's up to us to say, okay, well, how are we going to take this uh, hand that was dealt to us and, and move forward? And so, you know, the drone thing's just over. Just, you know, embrace, accept, enjoy. And you just have to go out and say, well, now not every drone carries Hellfire missiles. It's, it says this. And I, I don't even think we have to get bogged down in that conversation besides what you're showing. Hey look these are no, I, I think the,
1: the, the thing is that if you can establish the the high ground or even just the normative ground right the, just the what would seem normal to society in, in the sort of next iteration of, the, of technology here if, if we can establish that the bell curve is actually you know quite i'd say on the order of you know benevolent to banal like really these things are going to be scanning farms they're going to be kind of boring uh to some degree right, right? They, uh, so if we can get the public mind to see that the sort of the normal, the bell curve, is all quite, um, you know, it's actually empowering, but if anything, it's 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 really innocuous to most of the public. Then the things that are at the the tails of the bell curve are going to be still perversions, right? So mm-hmm. paparazzi, uh, paparazzi are still going to have seem like jerks, right? Like they're, they they're are. whether they whether they have a camera on the ground or a camera in the air, it's not. You don't want to, basically, you don't want to diminish the technology. You want to diminish the behavior or, or legislative exactly. behavior still. So, um, Or even ostracize
0: technology. or ostracize those people from within the community. And it's, you know, I mean, the paparazzi thing is one thing, you know. But, I mean, we don't, we, we don't even, uh, I don't even think it's up to us to really uh, put lipstick on any pig, you know. It's just like, hey. We want to go do this. We want to use this technology. And that's why, you know, even at, um, at the expo last year, my presentation was uh, trying to awaken the giant of technology, uh, like the technology sector, like Jeff Bezos did at Amazon. I mean, there were very, very small um, amount of people or percentage of people that had any concerns about that. They were like, cool, I'll get my DVDs in 20 minutes. Great. You know, no, I know like it was it. it
1: was kind of the technology's Lindbergh moment in some weird way. Even exactly. though you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't have the same sort of awe for that moment in history. I think was you're right. It was it was that we'll get our packages in 30 minutes, and I think that you know public stood up and, and paid attention for a second and said, oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they did. It, That it's was kind
0: of uh, like overwhelmingly cool. Um, you yeah. know that wow. You know, or even that beer thing the other day. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, yeah. you I'm sure you saw that story, and people were like, I mean, there's a petition going to petition of the White House to keep your meat hooks off my beer. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, same deal. I don't know if you've done any ice fishing. I don't know where you're from. Not I've done beer people. I've done beer
1: drinking. I don't know if that counts as ice fishing. I don't
0: know. Yes, <laughs> yes I've done less of that. I would have mean and yeah. you know, that would have been uh, really handy because there were times, you know, that you would, would we had to draw straws to who was going to go to the liquor store after consuming the beer and being out of the beer, usually uh, it's time to go to... I used to have this thing, it's like, if you're out of cigarettes or you're out of beer and you've been drinking, it's time to go to bed, even if it's 5.30 <laughs> in the afternoon.
1: <laughs> but, uh,
0: now, you know, you just call I, the liquor store to drink, sure, the the beer.
1: I'm pretty sure we digress at this point, don't we, Patrick?
0: <laughs> a little. But I think it's a great idea. No, It's
1: those stories that are kind of getting people to You know, that's why the dinner table conversations are getting a lot easier, I think, because it does seem like a cool, fun, interesting, again, empowering technology. And, you know, that's ultimately what Drone Prize is about, again, is that we just wanted to give all of this populist upswell of energy out there and creativity a channel and a mission and something to do with all of their knowledge and and, uh, capability with this technology now. And, you know, we're not just talking about firefighters, we're talking about, Land use managers, conservation scientists. I mean, there you can right. go talk to your school about STEM, STEM education. Uh, anything really that you can think of that just engages the, the public mind in a, in a productive way, and that's what we're we're trying to encourage everybody to do. And we'll give them a reason: a ten thousand dollar prize and a trip to Portland, and, and, and plus a, a, pl- a platform to tell the story. So I hope uh. I hope everybody I hope everybody that's listening out there is already starting, you know, starting to turning and thinking. huh who am I going to go talk to, you know, my community and see how they could, for the aerial perspective. If I just brought my drones I
0: don't know, but maybe you could, you know, uh, with that whole Silicon Sky thing, you know, come get on an episode of Portlandia,
1: you know, drone Mm -hmm. in (laughs) here. You guys probably hate that show. Well, I think that we would be, I think we'd be a great success up here if we could, if we could make it onto a Portlandia episode in fact i think I think that's our new mark i I'm, if you don't mind me taking that patrick I think that might i might I might motivate my team with that. okay. Our new goal is to get on an episode of Portlandia.
0: But, I know, I'd actually like to see you in the women and women's first bookstore. With the drone, <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be classic. Uh, God, that's great. Or even in a mayor's office, that would be excellent. But um, yeah. you know, I, I think it's good. I think what you're doing is is uh, long time in needing to be done, and you're giving an outlet to a very, very uh, creative and forward thinking. I mean, that's one thing, and you've probably realized this already, just meeting the people in this community. I mean, there there's some. I mean, there's some smart people. Um, There's some some people that have issues with interpersonal relationships. <laughs> so they, they spend too much time writing code, but uh, I mean smart uh, people that uh, they just uh, the way they think and what they think about is just like wow, you know this is that's amazing. I get blown away mm-hmm. all the time. And, mm-hmm.
1: uh, no, it's true. It's true. It absolutely this is a this is a very interesting crowd of enthusiasts. You know we're we're a bunch of we're we're a bunch of geeks and futurists. You know, we're, we're a bunch of people that see this technology as, as becoming uh, as significant as, as you know, smartphones. And, we, and we're, we're the guys that are just sitting there at the edge saying, oh, look, it's right over there. It's right over there. And, well, you know, all of a sudden it's right here, too. So I, I, think, I think this is a big year for it through a lot of things. I mean, drone TV is another great example. I, we're, seeing, we're seeing a lot of populist upswell now for this technology, and, and the the, stores are just, the stories are just getting more and more interesting.
0: Right. Well, and that outlet that you guys have come up with, I think is going to be great because you're going to see some, I think people are going to go, wow. At, yeah, at the end of the day, i so. are going to look at that.
1: I truly do. I, I've, I, I throw out things, you know, I just, have, I listed off my, you know, potential people in a community kind of thing. We obviously think about that, right? Like, how could we, how can we help nudge our contestants towards the right place? But I, I tend to, to pull back every time we have that conversation and say, actually, I want to leave it wide. You know, like let's leave it, let's leave it to the imagination to some degree. And in terms of putting up any boundaries to it, you know, our, <laughs> you'll, you should read through our contest rules very carefully, uh, and you'll see that um, every every bit of guidance from the FAA and uh, the AMA is codified in our, our contest rules. Uh, so clearly, you have to be a hobbyist. Clearly, you cannot be doing this for commercial purposes. Um, you need to have a minimum team of two, so you need to have an observer. Um, and and, you, and other, other sort of basic rules that are, are best practices from the community. Uh, our CAPA also has excellent best practices that you'll see are codified in our, in our rules. Um, that it's, that's the only limitation. Do it. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure that you're legal, basically, by giving you this, this enthusiast vehicle. That's I mean, we have an FAA admin lawyer on our, on our concept team. So we're, we really are. We we got the rules right, um, and so we're offering all the enthusiasts, you know, a vehicle, as 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 obvious to go ahead and and um, show us that creativity.
0: Well, and, and from I, there, the
1: sky, the sky's the limit. Pun intended.
0: I like the idea. Well, we're out of time, but I want it one more time. Maybe you could uh, give the website and the Twitter account, please.
1: Sure. Drone, uh, DronePrize.com and at DronePrize on Twitter, and we're using the hashtag silicon sky.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, you know, hey, thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks a lot for all of the effort uh, that you're putting into this. And uh, I look forward to hearing uh, what the year has been like for you and your business at the Expo. So we'll see you then. Thanks again I'm for coming on. I'm
1: looking forward Patrick. Can I- can I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention something that something the Cascade chapter of AUVSI. were are hosting a, uh, a, an event, a conference in Tacoma, Washington, on March 19th and 20th, specifically geared at UAVs for first responders. So, again, cool. taking all of this work, work we've done with fire departments, we're going to be going through COA processes and the SFOC process in Canada, and I'm actually going to be leading a workshop on that on the 19th. So encourage everybody out there also to come to Tacoma March 19th and 20th, Cascadeauvsi at Cascadeauvsi, and uh, you can find out everything about it.
0: Sounds good. All right. Well, good luck with all that, and we will talk to you soon in the future. Here, sir. Have a good day.
1: Thanks so much, Patrick. This was fun. All right. <laughs> Take care.